This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about. Of course, your calls are primary if you make them. We'll start things out here with another update on what is going on in St. Paul, Minnesota, the St. Paul, Minneapolis area, where, of course, the Republican National Convention is taking place. I could give a flip about what's going on at uh, that convention as I could have given a flip about Democrats' uh, national convention. What's interesting to me is the things going on outside with the police state and the obvious display of raw aggression by these police uh, when they have, as we reported yesterday, they have been raiding people's homes. Peaceful activists have had their homes raided uh, in advance of the Republican National Convention. They were forced to lay on the floor for a period of as much as 45 minutes while the police went through the entire house, confiscated whatever it was they wanted to take, including flyers and handouts and stuff like that. And then they let everybody go uncuffed everybody and didn't charge anyone oh they left a, a few broken doors uh for them to deal with as well because they used a battering ram to get in there's that sort of thing going on they also raided a, an activist staging area just terrorizing people trying to scare them out uh trying to scare them away from protesting which of course they weren't successful at people have been energized ever more by this particular police state activity and now there's, a, of course, more police state news coming out here. This story from the Associated Press and, uh, no, excuse me, Prison Planet, actually, plaudits for the relative restraint of Denver police during last week's Democratic National Convention are not set to be repeated at the RNC as cops signaled their intent by arresting an AP photographer, as well as Democracy Now! host Amy Goodman for simply documenting protests in downtown St. Paul. Associated Press uh, photographer Matt Rourke was arrested on a gross misdemeanor riot charge simply for taking pictures of a protest yesterday. According to the assistant chief bureau at the AP, covering news is a constitutionally protected activity and covering a riot is part of that coverage. Photographers should not be detained for covering breaking news. Host Amy Goodman from Democracy Now! was arrested after she complained about the assault and arrest of her colleagues, Sharif Abdel Kudos and Nicole Salazar. According to Democracy Now!, all three were violently manhandled by law enforcement. Uh, by law enforcement, Abdel Kudos was slammed against a wall and the ground, leaving his arm scraped and bloodied. He sounds He's, brown. He sustained, uh, yeah, he does, uh, other injuries to his chest and back. Salazar's Violent arrest by baton-wielding officers during which she was slammed to the ground while yelling, I'm press, press, resulted in her nose bleeding as well as causing facial pain. Goodman's arm was violently yanked by police as she was arrested. During the demonstration in which the Democracy Now! team was arrested, law enforcement officers used pepper spray, rubber bullets, concussion grenades, and excessive force against protesters and journalists both. Several dozen demonstrators were also arrested during this action, including a photographer for the Associated Press. I'd like to point out that I suggested that you and I go to this, uh, this, this event in Minneapolis. You turned it down and poo-pooed the idea. We could be the one getting national press instead of Amy freaking Goodman. Yeah, well, I'm not interested in going to political events. I'll let so. the cops push me around for this kind of press. You'll have your chance to let the cops push you around, Mark, if that's what you really want. There's plenty of chances to put the, you know, put the police in the role of having to push you around. 
Anyway, all three were eventually released, but face felony charges. For what? Not sure. Democracy Now! has vowed to fight the false charges, with which, uh, which they characterized as an intimidation of independent journalists. Another AP photographer, this is the second AP photographer, Evan Vucci, was body slammed, kicked in the ribs, and then handcuffed by police, only avoiding arrest by showing his press credentials. Vucci said the police had pushed protesters into a parking lot where they had police coming from all sides to encircle one area. Once they all got the protesters into this one parking lot, they kind of rushed and arrested all the protesters in there. So he managed to get out of being arrested, but had to take a beating for it, for his being near the protesters. And this is what we were talking about last night. We had some of our listeners calling in uh, from the convention. A number, a number of free staters went up there to do some recruiting. And it's not the Republican convention they're at. They're at the Ron Paul convention, by the way. And they were calling to uh, to tell us what was going on. And sure enough, one of them had gotten pepper sprayed because he was in a group of people that was nearby somebody who the police were particularly after. You know, somebody with a black mask on or, yeah. or something like that. So if you're even in the vicinity of someone the police have targeted as undesirable, you will be rounded up just like everybody else. You will be pepper sprayed and tear gassed just like everyone else. Even if you're a reporter in this case. Yeah, you know, it's like the old, uh, the old thing they used to tell you, or they told me this in government high school, or not high school, but elementary school is where you first hear it, is that, you know, one bad apple is going to ruin it for the whole class. You know, so it's there, since there's one person who's acting out, uh, they'll punish the entire class until he or she speaks up. Or they do that in like prison, that. too. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. What a shock. Pretty pretty common uh, attribute. What uh, um, they'll do is uh, they'll lock down a, a pod, you know, a group of men, a cell block, whatever you want to, terminology you want to use, and uh, <clears throat> essentially wait for the convicts to... Uh, Either you know get the guy to confess or um, beat the crap out of him or or whatever simply because they have to stay on their bunks for it can be days. Toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So that is the latest, at least that I've seen so far from the uh, the situation there in Minneapolis, St. Paul. There may be new stories that was earl- a little earlier today. I didn't check right before the show. So if you've heard something that uh, we didn't get out. You're welcome to dial in, toll-free at 800-259-9231. And I have to say, even though Democracy Now!, it's not terribly a mainstream show. I wouldn't call it part of the mainstream media. I'd call it a socialist rag. Well, yeah, but it is watched by a, a, a pretty wide chunk of people, I think. Listen, it gets distribution. Yeah, They have a TV show as well, I believe. Oh, they yeah. do? Okay. Yes, they do. They're, um, they actually are on a lot of public access channels, which I know from doing my show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have their radio show, which is played on a lot of college stations. You guys are catching up to democracy now. You guys are on like seven or eight ra- uh, television channels now. Yeah, right? FreeMindsTV, FreeMindsTV.com. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate if they go off the air because of these charges. That's not how I would like to beat yeah. them. I, that's not the way I'd like to see it go. Um, I do have to say they do do a pretty good job of covering police state abuses, even though they do it from a typically kind of a leftist bent. So they'll. You know, try sure. to make it look like it's the Republicans' fault when, in fact, the the convention <laughs> they were Denver, cracking people's heads at the DNC. Uh, I would say that Denver, um, you know, from what I've heard of what's going on in Minneapolis, uh, it, it sounds like Denver could arguably arguably have been worse or the same. That's I a mean, tough a call. police state's a police state. So. Yeah, I mean, if you get a a police baton in your face, it doesn't matter to you which one was worse or better. Yeah, and of co- of course, the parties don't necessarily have much control about what the police do outside of the convention. It sounds like a lot of the security measures that were pushed through in Denver were done because uh, the police department wanted to make a big show of force and not let anyone get away with any kind of protesting. Which Heaven forbid people speak their minds in, in the city of Denver during a convention. And that seems to be the intention of the, the police in Minneapolis-St. Paul is to in, 
to intimidate as many of the uh, protesters as possible and scare them from coming out and actually protesting. But again, I think it has uh, it's probably backfired on them. It's probably resulted in the unintended consequence of other people deciding who maybe had up until this point not been interested in protesting had decided to go out and go ahead and get involved because they're so outraged by what the police well, have done to these people. That's possible, but I, I think a lot of times when people see the police go overboard in this way, it encourages people to stay home who would have otherwise so gone out. I, I certainly think it has a chilling effect for some people who are worried about being arrested for no good reason. It goes yeah. both ways, I would say, um, that you know, it, it has the, the desired effect on some people and on other people. Um, but you know, the people that are going to get out and, and protest, it seems to me... Are it, it's it's gonna you know some of them certainly won't but you know a lot of them are gonna be you know hard headed about it. Well, yeah, most of the I mean, if you're going to go to these these huge protests like this, you've got to have some some gumption. I mean, you've got to be prepared for something like this. You have to know in advance that there's a good chance you're gonna get cracked in the head, pepper sprayed, tear gassed, arrested. You know, there's a good chance of that. So they're just showing you what you expected to see. I think if you are one of those dedicated activists, you'll just dedicate yourself ever more. You're kind of on the sidelines or on the fence. Yeah, I could definitely see you falling off and saying, well, I'll stay home. I've got a cake to make this weekend. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your call's about anything. Plus, Google rocks the browser world. We'll tell you about that. They've got something pretty neat going on uh, as far as the world of the Internet. We'll explain that in moments. And take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features include archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website. They are totally free for you. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Dave, listening to or listening in the People's Republic of Somewhere, you're on Free Talk Live. Ian. Hey, what's on your mind, Dave? Looking like this is really starting to upset you a little bit. What is this? Pardon me? What's this? Uh, The action's going on at the Republican convention. Oh, I don't know. It's kind of par for the course, don't you think? Well, yeah, but yesterday you really seemed upset about everything. Well, I mean, it's pretty outrageous what the police are doing. Does, doesn't that outrage you when they crack people in the heads? And, you Pardon know, me? Hurt, doesn't it outrage you when they crack people, innocent, harmless people in the heads and raid their homes and steal stuff from people? Well, I, I would say conditions have improved since, hmm. like, 68. Really? Okay. Why do you say that? Well, you know, they started that out killing a kid. Hmm. And, you know, they did all the other things. They arrested protesters, blah, blah, blah. They beat up Mike Wallace and Dan Rather. You know, they were the newspaper guys Hmm. or the TV guys. I guess I wasn't around, so I don't have the perspective. Oh, okay. And then you jump ahead a couple of years after that. You go to Kent State. They start that out on Saturday morning by tear gassing and bayonetting people. And then on Monday, they just start shooting people, and half the people that got killed weren't even involved in any protest at all. They were just going to class. Did they have rubber bullets and stuff like that back then? Uh, yeah, they had rubber bullets, but they used full metal jacket no, on American I, citizens. I, I don't think that's entirely true from the 
from the you know, doc- they wanted to get the job done. From the documentaries I've seen on uh, the Kent State Massacre, the the National Guard troops weren't equipped with any kinds of rubber bullets or a- any non-lethal weapons, so they were equipped with shotguns and their their rifles. They re- I really don't think they had the technology at the time to deal with people with less lethal technology. That's, well, I mean, I that's mean, what I've seen. They did go around bayonetting people for three days, and that didn't seem to stir up much <laughs> in the way of national attention. Yeah, I've never even heard about that. Oh, uh, you didn't know about that? No, I didn't. I heard about Kent State and people getting shot, but not the bayonetting thing. Oh, yeah. They started out one day, they, you know, bayonet one guy, then they bayonet a few more, and then they bayonet a bunch of them, and they got tired of, you know, having to clean off their bayonets, so they figured they'd just open fire on everybody. Amazing. And, you know, last night I did hear Mark say that somebody's going to get shot if this keeps up. That was your and prediction I'm for 2012, sure he's Mark. Correct. Yeah, that was his prediction for four years out next time they do these conventions. Yeah, that's true. Be shot. Anyway, you gentlemen, have a good evening. Thanks for bringing that up, Dave. I appreciate and that, remember, Dave. Yes, sir. Obedience is freedom. Well, I thank you, sir, for the, <laughs> the right, call. Bye-bye. Yes, 800 259 Interesting points. I mean, suggesting that maybe the police are not quite as violent as they used to be back in 1968. However, uh, I don't know if there's any real way to categorize all of this. I don't know if there's any real way to say for sure. And I do know that the government's a lot bigger than it was back then. That much is true. So it, it, Yeah, it just keeps growing every year. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw technologies used that they just weren't as concerned with minimizing harm to people. So instead of, say, pepper spraying somebody, you'd probably crack them over the head with a club, more likely. That, you know, that's a more risky thing to do in terms of seriously injuring somebody or mm-hmm. killing them. Uh, so I don't know that that necessarily means that police today are more concerned with your civil liberties. It doesn't I think they, seem like it. <laughs> they might just be able to incapacitate you better without as much risk of killing you. But you know, Which is it, good because you don't want to kill your slaves. I mean, because you want them to go back to work for you the next week. Because how many of these protesters are going to go back to work at their corporate jobs and pay taxes and stuff like that, just like they do every other week? It's just, they get to go hold signs for one weekend or a few days, and then they go right back into the, the rat race and keep providing their hard-earned money to these government people. They might even advertise it and say, hey, officer, I'm a taxpayer. They might. So your thoughts at 1-800-259-9231. Paula is on the line. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Yeah, hi. I was just uh, reading, uh, y'all need to get on the American Free Press, uh, September issue, first, page 17. It tells uh, the whole story about, uh, I mean, page 13. It tells the whole story of why we're after Russia. And, uh, Who's we? you know, this is really United crazy. States. Why we can't sit down and, you know, and work things out together. Anyway, they're the biggest supplier now of gas and oil in the world and i mean it'll get bigger what? later but anyway really is that true yeah, this is nick what have you heard that is. That I, I thought they were like the third biggest supplier well, they're or something big like that. okay they're big they're big anyway the whole thing is is that uh, at one time cheney wanted to buy up an area over there uh he wanted to buy up some of the caspian reserves for personal use or for 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 US government? Have, i guess you know it said here uh, that uh, cheney had advocated probably to buy up as much of the caspian reserves as possible claiming it would end america's dependency on oil from the middle east particularly saudi arabia but anyway russia has now become you know i mean all over the place middle east africa asia everywhere and this is what this whole thing's about they're really upset who's upset our government <laughs> And they're upset because Russia won't let them buy the plot of land, or no? That, you know that they are, they're, they're becoming the uh, superpower. Weren't they always a superpower, Russia? 
kind of one of the, no, the big no. boys? One time we were, but now we're not anymore. But no? uh, anyway, this, this, really, uh, what does it is... take to hold on, Paula? What's your what is your criteria uh, for for defining superpower? Because well, the mean, U.S. That, military is going to have all the power as far as uh, economically, they're setting up their own banking system, you know, and stuff like Russia that. Russia have and their I own mean, bank. Oh yeah, they're they're opening up their own World Bank. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. But what anyway, else you got for us, Paula? This is what this whole thing is all about, and to me, this is so crazy to have World War Three over oil. That I don't like gas. the idea. I don't like the idea of war. Well, I, 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 Stay I, out of me that. Neither. I think you I might be on to something, Paula, because Russia and Iran, some of these countries that aren't on friendly terms with the U.S. but have oil reserves, are looking at trading do- uh, barrels of oil in something other than U.S. dollars. So it does kind of uh, challenge the U.S. dollar's role as a world reserve currency. Mm-hmm. So there is there is some truth there. Thank you, Paula, for the call tonight. Okay, Paula huh? normally does have, uh, and many times when she calls, she will have a kernel of truth somewhere hidden deep within her call, um, but usually it's just surrounded well, by so much misinformation, it's I hard to yeah. figure it out. I don't know that they're setting up their own world bank, but they, they're, they're <laughs> considering selling Russian oil for Russian rubles, which apparently the United States considers a threat in some cases. So, Weren't there some Middle Eastern countries that also switched over to the euro, or at least we're talking about? Um, the argument that? Is I heard that Iran did. Uh, yeah. The argument was Iraq was considering it prior to the invasion. So that's mm. one theory of why we invaded or a contributing factor to why the United States invaded. Toll-free number for you to comment on whatever you want is 800-259-9231. Well, there's, there's always bad news to report about the government and how they're seizing more power and destroying liberty and putting innocent, harmless people in jail cells, as we've been discussing from the Democratic and, Na- and Republican National Conventions. And we could certainly continue on that theme. In fact, Mark, I know you had a police state story from last night that you never got to, so you might want to pull that up. But in the meantime, let's talk and uh, take a break and talk about something positive. Talking about something good. Something, of course, that's happening in the marketplace, because that's where all the good stuff occurs. That's where all of the the wonderful innovation is happening, the the great advances that will help make our lives better and more comfortable and easier to live. And one of the companies that's at the head of the pack of these types of advances has to be Google. They're one of the most useful companies out there as far as internet content is concerned. If you're not on the internet, then we'll try to make this understandable for you as far as what this company has done to really change the face of browsing the web. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, including updates. Get signed up, and we'll let you know whenever there's something fresh to announce about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Don't wanna, you want to buy ebooks, but you don't have one of those expensive ebook readers? At eChapter One, you'll find over 100,000 downloadable ebooks, and you don't need a special device to read them. Any PC, laptop, or PDA will do. That's E as an easy, Chapter O N E dot com, eChapter One. Let's continue here with your phone calls, and we'll tell you about what Google's uh, released to the Internet world today that's pretty cool. might actually revolutionize a lot about uh, Internet surfing. We go first, though, to Tim in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tim. 
Tim? Hi. Hey, you're on the air. Um, I forgot it was about uh, what you two were saying about how news media are also starting to get treated by a police in Minnesota that I wanted to have told the operator that's going to say something about that. Although it's not good to hear about them also, you know, starting to get treated like the like the protesters. Um, that the, the thing that I, that came to my mind that you know one good thing that came to my mind that could possibly you know come out of it though is is um, if more you know news media you know especially if they're mainstream ones you know if, if enough more of them you know start getting you know treated also treated that way that maybe it'll start causing them you know. Uh, a few enough, you know, mainstream news media to start putting out the truth instead of propaganda and 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 getting on the side of of us, you know, who are on the side of it's freedom. It's certainly a possibility, Tim. I thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. I mean, the ABC News did a fairly large report on, a, I believe, Asa Estlocker was his name. I don't have it in front of me at the moment. Right. But the guy that was one of their reporters who was choked and arrested uh, and harassed by the police right down there in the D- Democratic National Convention. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously if they arrest the, the big media people, they're going to get <laughs> coverage on those issues. I don't know if that will all of a sudden convert CNN or Fox News to telling the truth all the time. That seems a little eh, like a stretch. But it's certainly an optimistic lookout, and um, I, I like optimism. It could certainly change that particular reporter's mind about the issues, or at least the way in which they report. I, yeah. I think it would certainly have an impact on me. So no I would like it. to think that it would affect them, but who knows? I mean, if there actually is as much control of what they can report at the network level as some people believe, then even if they want to report on it, maybe they're going to be hushed up by the network. I mean, if you right. actually think there's that much bias in the mainstream media, it might not make a difference. That it's is the other say. side of that, because uh, down in Miami, where there was a reporter that was was arrested, I, I think it was, he, oh no, he did an expose on the police and they didn't like that very much, so they targeted this guy, and they went after him, and they harassed him. And as a result of all of the, the trouble from the police department, the, the TV station fired the dude. So there is that possibility as well, Well, where the news organization is just going to say, well, we don't want this trouble around here anymore. So we don't want trouble with the cops. Because the news organizations rely on the government for a lot of their information. They rely on government press conferences, government press releases, in order to glean info for their articles and for their stories. And essentially what the government can do is they can say, well, you know, you ABC News people – if you keep causing trouble, what we'll do is we'll just pull you out from our press conferences anymore, and you won't get any of our press releases. And the, the news directors don't want that stuff to happen. So the government does hold essentially a carrot on a stick for these news people to get them to uh, continue behaving as much as possible. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. But there is good news, and it is coming from the marketplace, as it always does. The story from PCMag.com. It's been all over the Internet today. Our Internet Explorer and Firefox, these are two browsers in the Internet world, ready to do battle with Chrome. Google announced Monday that it's been hard at work on an open source browser known as Chrome, a beta version of which will be released, uh, was released earlier this afternoon. New features will include isolated tabs designed to prevent browser crashes and a more powerful JavaScript engine. Now, I was watching some... My st- Firefox crashes now and then, enough times that I you know, would say that it happens. So. I have a big problem with uh, Firefox like leaking memory out of my computer, and Firefox is a great browser. I like it better than Internet Explorer. But man, when those Google engineers set their minds to a task, they really do a they really have, have generally done a good job with with pretty much everything they put out. So when I heard this news 
last night that this was coming out today, I got I got actually pretty excited about it um, because they are talking about here how it's open source. And I don't know if Google comments on that later in the article, but I was watching. They have this 38-page comic book that actually gives you details about their new browser and what makes it different and what makes it special. Did you read the whole thing? I actually did read through most of most of it. It got a little techy at one point. I kind of breezed through that part. If you call it a little techy, I have to say I'm not interested yeah. in reading that crap. <laughs> but the basic idea is Google has released this as open source, and it's it's cool what they say. Their their little tagline that they add whenever they mention how it's open source. We love competition is what Google has to say. Hmm. That's why they're releasing this open source. They fully intend for their competitors to rip ideas out of this uh, software and implement it into their browsers. And and one of the reasons why they they want that beyond the fact that they love competition because they understand that that makes everybody it raises the bar for everybody. That's their intention here is to raise the bar for the world of web browsing instead of having these kind of ancient browser technologies that were essentially, as they pointed out in their comic book, the the browsers of yesterday were designed, the, the core functions were basically designed at the beginning of the Internet, you know, like a decade ago. Netscape. Right, Netscape and things like that, they've just been sort of, uh, they've been added on to ever since then. And so Google essentially created this new browser from scratch. And they, you know, recoded everything from the ground up, basically, for the 21st century. And they've really done an amazing job at it. Now now they're letting everybody into their code to change it at will. So it's kind of like a a newer version of Firefox, Firefox being the open source browser Is of it old. open source? I did not know that. Firefox is open source. How come it updates itself all the damn time, then? Because they're always adding new features and fixes and, and stuff like that. Hate that. And uh, so Google... It says the comic depicts various Google engineers describing Chrome's features, including the isolated tab idea. They say by keeping each tab in an isolated sandbox, we are able to prevent one tab from crashing another and provide improved protection from rogue sites. Having a number of tabs open in a single browser eats up memory. If a browser is running slow, a user's natural inclination is to close a few tabs. In some cases, however, little bits of the closed tabs remain, which eats up more space and requires the operating system to grow the browser's space in memory. According to Google, with Chrome, there will be a different tab for each process, including the plugins. And I have got my hands on this browser at this point. Again, it came out earlier this afternoon. Have been using it before the show, and I'm, I'm impressed. It really is faster and it really is better and so this is kind of like going to be the you know a really big step forward a leap forward in the ability to surf the web and you know get us to the the point of this web 3.0 that is is basically coming out soon what happened to web 2.0 i didn't it, even know what happened web 2.0 is the comments right web blogging and comments and stuff like that and more okay. more kind of interactive community features right. being user generated content like youtube i don't really know what web 3.0 is supposed to be but it's probably going to be something different neat. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty neat. Anyway, I could go on, but the, but the the point about this is it's open source coming from a major corporation, and they're they're doing it open source, and they're saying we love competition, which is of course what the free realm of ideas is all about. Uh, having no intellectual property laws and monopoly protection means that comp- competition is more intense than it's ever been because you don't have the government out there giving one company exclusive rights to an idea over top of everybody else's 
they're, what they're trying to produce. I so, love what they're saying there as far as, um, you know, we love competition. Yeah. It, you know, they essentially they're saying it makes us better. We make them better. Right. Bring it on. That's exactly what they're doing. They're, ra- they're really raising the bar for browser performance. They've, uh, I saw some of their, they had this press conference today where they were demoing some of the, the features and, They've, I guess, rebuilt the Java engine from scratch, and it's much faster. And what they did to test it versus Internet Explorer was they had, like, locally stored web pages. So web pages that are essentially on your hard drive. So you don't have to go across the Internet and have all those unknown factors as far as how long it takes to get a page back from a server on the other side of the Internet. So they were just loading pages off their hard drive, and it did it, like, two and a half times quicker than Internet Explorer did. Hmm. And I've just noticed, just opening links for my show prep file, it's instant that the windows open instead of, like, a two-second delay, which is what I was having before. So go check it out at google.com slash chrome. It's pretty neat. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. If you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, we ask that you shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Start your shopping and get whatever you need in life, even used items, at amazon.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is both fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs, Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com, code FTL. 1-800-259-9231. We will continue here. Mark, you've got a story since we we actually were going to get to it last night, but we didn't get a chance. Um, Another police state story, this time not from the Democratic or Republican National Conventions. Because the police state still continues in the, across the rest of the country. What's going on? They're probably somewhat emboldened. Um, Arizona man taping photo radar protest arrested. Police in Scottsdale, Arizona, arrested a man late Wednesday, um, claimed he obstructed a photo radar van. What's that sound like? He threw himself down in front of it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else would you obstruct a van? Uh, Jason Shelton, 35, had been videotaping a pair of anti-camera activists at 6800 Shea Boulevard before East Shea Boulevard, in case any of you um, happen to be from around Scottsdale, before uh, being taken into custody. The protesters held signs calling the speed camera program a ripoff and advertising the group CameraFraud.com in an hmm. impromptu demonstration. Shelton attended to post his video on Freedom's Phoenix, uh, where I got this article from, an Arizona-based political opinion and news website. Enraged, local officials did what they could to ensure that would not happen. The city of Scottsdale, including the police department, respects and protects an individual's right to stage and or participate in lawful demonstration, Scottsdale police said in a statement. However... Behaviors such as the intentional obstruction of a contracted photo enforcement fan's operation is not lawful and subject to enforcement action. Videotape of an earlier protest documented a similar demonstration. An activist held a sign that read, Fraud, in front of a uh, photo radar's van's camera <laughs> as the uh, fully automated system continued in a vain attempt to photograph passing co- traffic. <laughs> At no point did the protester touch the um, photo radar van yeah. or its driver. 
The video also You're standing in an illegal location. Yes. Your sign is in the wrong spot. Mm. The video also showed the man's driver, an elderly man, um, used a cell phone, presumably to ask the Australian employer Redflex for guidance on how to deal with the situation. So these aren't even cops. Wow. These vans. Yes. At a subsequent protest, police... Well, the cops got involved. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're messing with our revenue. Right. Police are called to a scene after a phone call was made and Shelton was placed under arrest. Scottsdale police charged Shelton with obstruction of government operations and refusing Jeez. to provide truthful name and then lawfully, um, when lawfully detained. The former charge requires Scottsdale show, to show that Shelton used or threatened to use violence or physical force. How are you going to do that by um, holding a sign up, by the way? Mm-hmm. And the, uh, I, I thought the, um, that Shelton was the, actually the cameraman. Um, yeah, he was videotaping. So <laughs> I don't see how that's going to happen. Video evidence wow. showed the protest was entirely peaceful. Refusing to provide a name to the police officer is only a crime if that officer had a reasonable basis to believe the suspect had committed a crime. In the first place. Right. Yeah. According to Shelton's colleagues, his only crime was exercising his rights under the First Amendment. Yeah, his, his crime of being there and covering the situation. Yep. The person... Oh, shoot. Just Something just flashed away. Okay. The person who was arrested... Uh, was not a demonstrator, but rather a journalist who was videotaping the event for local media mm-hmm. site, uh, freedomsphoenix.com. And they managed to plug themselves twice in their own article. I got this from freedomsphoenix.com, just in case anybody missed that. Yeah, it's a good site. Yeah. A statement on the uh, camerafraud.com website explained, the person who was arrested never held up a sign the entire evening. Scottsdale police never arrested the two persons who were actually holding signs. They just arrested the cameraman. It so. is really chilling, isn't it? This this whole process, uh, this arresting journalists, arresting cameramen, you have to wonder, is this going to embolden the news media? I mean, we were talking earlier about how some of these arrests in the Republican National or outside the Republican National Convention could embolden activists, but the news media didn't sign up for this. You know, that they didn't sign up to, to be a, an activist and to, and to take a stand. They just want to cover the, the activities. They don't want to go to jail. They've got families to feed, and they've got a home to go to at the end of the night. So I wonder if this is really going to cow the news media ever, ever further, this kind of activity. Scottsdale police have a history of using arrests to intimidate political opposition and support the goals of its uh, photo ticketing program. Hmm. A judge released Shelton and his owner's recognizance on Thursday. So. Nick, as, uh, as a man who hosts his own television show at freemindstv.com, do you feel like this could have a, a chilling effect to uh, news media members who don't know how to handle the police, don't know anything about, you know, they've, they've been told they have this First Amendment right, but it, clearly it's not being respected. I suppose for some people it could. I know that uh, when we're, f- we, you know, a lot of our filming is done in studio, but we have had instances where we're filming police officers and we haven't really given it much thought. Much thought. I mean, the possibility is always there that the police aren't going to like you filming, um, but I, not that I can think, think of. Have we ever had a situation where there was an ultimatum like turn off the camera or you're going to get arrested? Mm-hmm. So um, we haven't come to that point in any of our personal experience yet. Um, and I don't think we're going to worry about it too much. Um, well, that's if, good. It, if it happens, it happens. I mean, well, you guys are actually yeah. activists doing a TV show. True. So I mean, if you're different. if you're just a local news guy, you know, just it's your job, right? You know, nine to five or whatever your news hours are. 
Why are you going to put it on the line yeah. for your job? And I mean, you don't you don't have you don't want to put Phoenix, it on the line. If if you work for Freedom of Phoenix, you're an ab- activist too. Right, but I'm talking about generally. I'm talking about the the general idea of news people being arrested, the cameramen, the journalists who've been arrested uh, at, in Miami and all across the country, and specifically in the DNC and the RNC. That's going to have a different effect on yeah. those guys. And I would lo- I would love to hear what they would. What they would have to say after the fact, as far as what will they continue to do if they encounter the police in the in the future? Maybe just not film police encounters with protesters no. or things like that. I mean, it's possible. It's not what they say that matters. It's what their editors say. Right, and it's, it's what the uh, you know their bosses say. To be honest, cameramen getting beaten and putting that into the story, getting footage of your own cameraman getting getting kicked down to the ground is probably pretty good news footage. Oh, it I absolutely mean, it's, is. It's probably a sexy story and. Honestly, what the the commercial news media cares about is selling ads. I mean, that's the business that they're in. Their job is to make you, you know, hold through that next bunch of ads and get back to the news. So that they have to run true. stories that you want to see um, to keep you tuned in. And but if they're out there, if then they fire the guy later on because he stirred up too much trouble for the news department, then it's gone too far, and that's that's not a good result. Yeah, I guess it really depends on how how much pressure the police put on the news media, but. Uh, even though it's not as vibrant as it could be, I think there is still a culture among some in the news media uh, that it's important to stand up for their First Amendment protections. Uh, I mean, the First Amendment applies to all of us. Yeah. We all have a right to videotape. But especially among the news media, that's how they make their living. So if the police department threatens to, say, cut off press releases to their newsroom, you know, that's one thing. But also they want to be able to report on you know, police abuses. Those are those are sexy stories for them. So I, I it's really hard to say how it would go. Yeah, it really is. That's I just want to speculate and, and talk about it generally. I mean, because we yeah. don't have them here to ask them those questions as far as uh, what are you doing. Honestly, I don't think it'll make a huge difference either way. I don't think it's going to shut down free speech, and I don't think it's going to push them to the extreme of being activists. Toll free number here for your thoughts is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Here's a story that was repeated earlier this year in a different part of the country, and it's more proof that this could happen to you next, unless you keep your grass low. Because in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, some people in Lansdale are afraid, this according to NBC10.com, that they could be arrested and hauled off to jail because their grass and weeds are too tall. Lansdale resident Anita Felix says, I just don't want to be arrested. I've got a clean record. I want to keep it clean. This is just ridiculous over grass. There's a warrant for Felix's arrest, and the crime is excessive vegetation. She said, (laughs) we're just speechless that the borough can be so aggressive about this when there's properties in this town a lot worse than ours. The family had been out of town for a week and were cited for tall grass. Felix says they've been mowing and paid the $304 fine. But $304. But the citations... Right. And uh, who's it go to? The neighbors that had to nope. view the unsightly grass? Nope. The uh, next-door neighbors who had, uh, you know, possibly these this grass and weeds, uh, you know, germinating there and throwing city weeds City coffers. There? Nope, just straight to the city. Doesn't have anything to do with anything. She says that even though they paid the $304 fine, the citations kept showing up, and then a warrant showed up. So... 
why does anybody bother to pay these things? I mean, they're just going to forget about it or throw it in the trash or throw, you know, don't don't file the paperwork, drop the ball. I would ask for a receipt if you're gonna if you're gonna end up paying the fine. That's true. Good it, point. You don't want to deal with it. Just go downtown and get a receipt. Payment. Yeah. I don't know if that'll stop them from arresting you, but yeah, it's not a bad idea. It could help you in court, I guess. 800-259-9231. Tell you a little bit more about the grass arrest here in a bit. Hour two is on the way. You can take control and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. As we launch here to hour number two of the program, you, as always, can bring up anything. We are talking right now about another grass story. This is not the only story of of its type that we've talked about on this show, which means probably not the only story of this type that is, uh, you know, even getting into the news, we're not even seeing. There are probably a number of these that happen that just because they're so small and they normally only get reported in local regional areas, it probably happens more often than we think it does, where people are being arrested, people are being fined, they're having their property taken from them for having their grass grow too tall. There was a woman in Utah, an old lady in her, I think, late 70s in Utah who... She was arrested for having her grass being too brown. So it's not just because it grows too tall. Some t- it depends on the, the local micromanaging style regulations that your local government may have on the books as far as what you can and can't do with your front yard. And anyway, this story's out of Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, where a lady had, first of all, she received a fine for having grass that was too tall, $304. $304. It's a lot of money. It is. Uh, I mean, I got a fine recently for this couch that I have out of my lawn, and that was only 100 bucks. which, by the way, the code enforcer guy didn't show up again today. Suspicious. Yeah, well, they're supposed to come out and give you another fine a week later. So you've got seven days, they come out, they give you another fine. Uh, maybe he'll be here tomorrow. He was, I, I don't he know. He was busy stopping crime today. I, I have no idea, Mark. There what, was kittens to get out of trees and stuff. <laughs> But if you haven't seen that video, you can go see it over at freekeen.com. But I figure the reason he didn't show back up is because he knows I've got a video camera. Does a bureaucrat really want to voluntarily choose to go and put themselves on camera? Likely not. I'm, I'm betting that was probably a major factor in him not showing back up today. But anyway, that was only a $100 fine. You'd have to wait three weeks in order for it to become a $400 fine. But this sounds like she didn't wait. It sounds like she just tried to pay the fine at $304. And for whatever reason, they didn't mark it paid. And we all know what happens when the government doesn't process its its own paperwork. They yeah. put a warrant out. You're screwed. And that's what they did. 
So citations kept showing up, and then a warrant showed up. She says, I don't know what to do. I don't have any money to continue paying the fines, and I don't have money for a lawyer right now. I mean, what, most people live life on a week-to-week basis. It's unfortunate. We don't, uh, Americans were not taught how to save money. It's hard to get out of that uh, rut once you're in it, believe me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and the government doesn't most help. of my life in it. And this is what the government does. It, it, it claims to be an existence to help people. It claims to be an existence to, to help the poor, for instance. But anybody that pays any attention to what government does knows that's not true. They know that the poor and the downtrodden are the people they pick on the most. They go after people that don't have money, and then they get them on the payment plans and stuff like that, and if you don't pay, then you get arrested, and then you go on probation, and then it's just you just keep reviolating over and over again. The whole system yep. is des- monthly, yeah. not so easy payments. Right, it's designed to get people into this system and designed to keep them there, paying into this governmental system that they get nothing out of. They, this is not a service that anybody actually wants. And the government will tell you, of course, if you talk to it, well, this is, we're here for your own good. We're here to provide you with services. People elected uh, the officials, uh, this, is what the, this is what the people of uh, where is this want? It, where, it could be anywhere, but in this case, it's Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Who would want this? Who would want this? These fines for having property that's not well, there up certainly to are some bitty, are, are some busybodies that do want it. Absolutely. But it's not the majority of people, I don't think. I don't think. I, it would be hard for me to imagine that the majority of people, especially once they, they ran across vote. it. I mean, the majority didn't even no, bother voting. No, I mean, in local elections, you likely get 10% of people voting. Most people don't have any idea what's going on locally. Not, not that I think it would make it okay if the majority even of people wanted Even if they listen to this. shows like Rush Limbaugh and talk radio and stuff like that, they're still not plugged in. It wouldn't matter if a majority of people absolutely did want grass growth regulations. It's not, it's not respecting the property rights of your neighbor. And if you don't respect your neighbor's property rights, you can't expect them to, re, uh, to respect yours either. And eventually they might have some sort of legislation passed that could affect your garden gnomes or whatever it is that you like so much about your yard. If you're one of these people that that supports regulations that determine how high your grass can grow. Lansdale's borough manager said last month they're simply trying to get people to take care of their properties. Dolores Adams said that's fine, but the enforcement is over the top. She says it's hardworking people trying to keep up with everything, and they're worried about a lawn, the lawn growing a couple of inches. What are they, nuts? Yes, Ms. Adams, they are. They're nuts with power. These people have had power go straight to their heads. They, they own their little fiefdoms in their uh, Montgomery County there. You're their serf. You're their subject. And they have no compunction about putting you behind bars because you painted your house the wrong color or some other absurdity like that. This goes on all across the country in various different forms, and people are impoverished as a result of that. That $304 could have gone to her kid's college fund. They could have bought presents at Christmas time. That $304 could have done a whole lot more for Ms. Adams, or uh, Ms. Felix, rather, than it's going to do in the government's coffers. There, it's just going to go out to some government-approved a corporate tie-in that they have, they'll you, they'll use it to uh, to spend on donuts, or they'll uh, you know somebody will get a, a sweet government contract, and that'll be some of the money that goes to pay for it. None of these things are things that this uh, woman would have wanted done with her money. She didn't get to choose what she did with her money because these government people extracted it from her. The threat of jail. Anyway, there's a little more here. The borough's crackdown seems to be getting more people to mow their lawns, but Felix said she feels she's being harassed into paying fines she knows she doesn't owe. NBC10 tried contacting the borough manager and the head of code enforcement to ask them why they're issuing arrest warrants for something as simple as overgrown lawns, but they're both away on vacation. Must be nice. 
Your job all day long is to drive around in your air-conditioned vehicle, spotting things that you don't like about people's property, go up to their house, knock on their door, harass them, leave them a, a piece of trash you call a ticket on their property, and then try to extract money from them. That's their job. They need a vacation from that. Actually, why don't they take a 365-day vacation? Please go on vacation. We don't want your services anymore. And I've been, you know, it's funny, Mark, I've actually been reading some of the comments because Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report did a, a couple Ridley reports on my not, um, my, my confronting the code enforcer when he came over to ticket me for the couch in the yard. And it's interesting, reading some of the comments that are left on the videos, one guy called me a, a he called me a liberal pussy. And, you know, what? <laughs> I've got an AK upstairs, dude. I'm, I'm a liberal because yeah. I believe in property rights? How does that even make sense? Apparently, it's because I don't bow down to the state that makes me a liberal. It's just name-calling. Really? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it bizarre? Like, wait a minute. You're the one that's taking the position that the state is right here. Therefore, you're the one supporting the nanny state. Isn't that kind of a nanny state activity to determine what someone can and can't do with their private property? Isn't it kind of a liberal idea? I don't know. What I do think, I know? Right? I think it says a lot about people who self-describe as conservatives these days. Many yeah. of them are just... They're just advocates for greater state control, and anyone yep. who opposes the government uh, becomes a liberal or unpatriotic. So there are, um, like, I think that there's there's a distinction that uh, doesn't quite get made in, in this area. Is there are um, liberal authoritarians and conservative authoritarians? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they 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 fall on either side of that authoritarian coin, but you know, essentially, they just want the government to run stuff. Toll-free number here for you, 800-259-9231, so you can bring up anything. There are stories like this all across the country. People are being terrorized, not by terrorists, not by what you typically think of as a terrorist, someone in a black mask or whatever. These are just the regular code enforcers coming over to your house and telling you how you need to live life on your property. Now, if it's a neighbor that has a problem with something that's going on, then that's one thing. Let the neighbor come by and talk. Let's talk like neighbors, if that's what the issue is. If you think my grass is too tall, or you don't like the couch in my yard, or you don't like the color I've painted my house, you can come over and talk to me like a like a, an adult would talk to another adult. But, it, but for any neighbors that call code enforcement on their neighbors, that's just the most unneighborly thing you could possibly do. It's cowardly, it's, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's cowardly. It's antisocial. It, you know, because you didn't, you, you didn't even go and talk to the person. And I understand you've got a problem with w- some activity they had, and, you, and you're a little concerned about talking to somebody. They could be weird. They could be crazy. They could be whatever. You haven't even had this, the the decency to to talk to them. They right. could be any of those things. And at which point, perhaps then it's time to talk to the police. But not until you've spoken to someone. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Peter's on the line in New York. We'll talk to him about whatever he wants and take your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got 
archives going back an entire year right there on the front page of the website. Click and download. They are yours for free at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at the top of our website at freetalklive.com. That again, SACL CAI. As we go to your phone calls here and to New York, where Peter is waiting patiently. Peter, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Peter, what's on your mind? Hey, freetalklive.com looks great in Google Chrome. It does, doesn't it? I like this Google Chrome <laughs> thing. Go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Now, I understand they're using Safari technology. Is that right, Ian? They are using some Apple uh, technology in the background, from what I understand, yes. Okay, anyway. Peter, you're not, um, you're not an Apple guy, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> Boy, those people are religious zealots. <laughs> Um, and if and if going, Apple and to... if Apple people are religious zealots, then uh, then Linux people are Jesuits. <laughs> hey, I went to a Jesuit school. Watch it. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, regarding private property, yes, and the issues with uh, this uh, the unkempt lawn or perceived unkempt lawn, right? Um, would you not agree, though, Ian, that uh, the appearance of a neighbor's property has a direct bearing on the property value, or at least the perceived property value of, of its neighbors? It, it certainly could, and I would suggest to those people who are ultimately concerned about how their neighbors behave on their property, they should choose to enter into a deed-restricted community instead of living in you know the rest of the area where there are no deed restrictions. That should be buyer beware, caveat emptor. If you're buying property in the undeed-restricted areas, you know there's a chance there could be a washing machine in the side lawn of somebody's house. And I love what Mark uh, says on this issue. Mark, you had, an issue, um, I guess, a neighbor with an unkempt lawn at one point. And when you were – no, it was several cars in the lawn, as I recall. Yes. And you were in the process of trying to sell the house – and so you actually went over. I and happened to be next door to the uh, the, the ugliest house on the street. Um, I'm, by ugly, I mean apparently something blew up in the plumbing, and they <laughs> never got it fixed. They they would come over and borrow five gallon buckets of water. God knows what they were doing with them. Wow. Um, from the hose. I mean, yeah. That's that's what was going on next door. So um, this happened, and I offered the guy I think a hundred bucks or fifty bucks or something like that to get the cars out of there. And it wasn't your responsibility. It's his property and everything like that, but you took responsibility for it because you had made the choice to live in an undeed restricted neighborhood, and you made the best out of that situation. He took the money and moved the cars, right? Yeah, he moved the cars, and it, they didn't come back in the amount of time that I was there. So, it, it, you know, for a month, it worked. Now, Ian, in a deed restricted community, who enforces the, the rules? I guess it would be the homeowners association, a little government. Yeah, but you know, here's the, here's the issue. What, ultimately, in that type of touchy situation, what happens if no resolution can be struck? I mean, if if somebody's not going to mow their lawn, they'll fine you. The homeowners it. association, I believe, normally has fines that they will levy right. against your house, and then that can result in a lien being placed against your home, right. and they could take your house. So basically, essentially, it's a long-term resolution. Of course uh, it is. I mean, that's what all of these yeah. things are. I mean, with the the, yeah. the couch in the yard, there's a, a week. They they give you a week. They warn you. They give you a week. Then there's a hundred dollar ticket. And then there's a two hundred. Then there's a three hundred. So right. there's there's a month long process uh, here in order to su- supposedly resolve the conflict. Okay, I wanted to jump real quick, and then I'll let somebody else get on the line. But yes, I wanted sir. to jump real quick to what's going on in St. Paul. 
Sure. Um, you know, it's so screwed up on so many different levels, I don't even know where to start. But I will say this. Um, there are always, it seems that there are always hooligans involved in these situations, two, three, four hooligans that stir things up, yes. create an uncomfortable situation for both the police and the, pe- the people who want to peacefully protest. I've even seen situations, not necessarily in St. Paul, where these quote-unquote what the media referred to as anarchists who really aren't anarchists, they're basically just thugs, um, uh, where they actually go after other protesters. And they get the police involved in the situation by basically uh, uh, forcing a situation where the police have to protect the other protesters, and it just turns into complete mayhem. So, there's that, um, and then there's also the situation where those who are fomenting the violence, either doing it themselves or encouraging it, are actually have they've been revealed in the past. I don't know if we've right. seen any uh, f- f- absolute proof this time around, but in the past they've been revealed to actually be cops, you know, basically dressed as protesters right. and trying to give the police an excuse to come in and hurt people. For for example, in in Quebec. Uh, I, I, during during one of the uh, uh, security and prosperity partnership conferences up in Quebec, mm-hmm. uh, the police did, did did do that. It's basically proven that they did. Yep. So you know, I really you know, it, it's a shame. But part of me says, you know what? I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't even want to be there. No, I don't want to uh, be there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it just what's, seems like what's a the point? situation. Well, yeah, and what's the point of being there? What are you really going to do? I mean, you can't. You're not going to stop the Republicans or the Democrats from having their meeting, and right. you're just going to end up getting hurt. And what are you standing up for anyway? What are? What is it? It just doesn't seem to have any real purpose. Yeah, be, you come be, home blind or with your head cracked. Open. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound like much fun. Peter, any other <laughs> thoughts? Thanks, dude, for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Shifting gears uh, to a different story, Nick, you've got something about a two cent offer. That resulted in an arrest. What was it for? Uh, well, it was a two-cent offer for sex services. <laughs> uh, this from uh, Bonita Springs, Florida. A Bonita Springs of man. Of course it was. Yes. Uh, some strange stories come out of Florida, I have to say. A Bonita Springs man offered two cents to an undercover officer in exchange for sex. He was one of ten men arrested during an undercover prostitution sting in Bonita Springs Thursday night, the Lee County Sheriff's Office reported. Members of the Bonita Springs Community Policing Unit and Lee County Sheriff's Office Anti-Crime Unit assisted in the operation, the report said. Uh, obviously, the focus of the operation was to locate males looking for the services of female prostitutes. Sure. Um, and when they make an offer, that's the supposedly illegal part. Right. And, right. you know, it, when you think about these things, I I think that... Many people, especially the women that think about these, imagine that they put a police officer on the corner, uh, you know, the the hot gal that they managed to find, dress her up like a hooker, and, and she just stands there. But this just isn't so. Um, they they walk around. They solicit people. They you know they they try to try to get people to say okay, but uh, for whatever reason, it's not considered entrapment. Right. I mean, it's it's just nuts. It doesn't make any sense to me, but. I, I guess the argument there. Well, the the article is pretty short. Um, I guess the the price ranges for the offers for sex range from the two cents offered by uh, this transient who uh, Faustino Hernandez Diaz, and up to three hundred and three hundred dollars, which was offered by the highest range. Clearly, this was a joke. I mean, if you consider that two cents equals two bits, and you yeah. can fill in the rest of the I sentence yourself. I get two cents. 
Yeah. Well, he's I mean, a homeless it, it, guy, right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. clear that well, they're calling him a transient. How do you know? I mean, uh, the guy had a Hispanic name. Maybe he just refused to give an address because he didn't want him yeah, going possibly. there busting, busting um, the people point. he know that uh, were illegal aliens. I hope that I hope the undercover cop uh, was insulted at the very least. Well, I, that's probably I so why too. the guy got arrested. But I mean, it was no, just a, they would have arrested him anyway. I don't. So they're out there to do. Well, man. he didn't know she was a cop either. He thought she was a prostitute. It was just a joke. And the guy yeah. went to jail for supposedly. <laughs> this wasn't a real offer for two cents. I don't think he expected it to get accepted. <laughs> no, who could expect that? I just, I just hope she took it personally <laughs> at the very least. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control. It is free talk live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free. Enjoy them on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And don't forget about the wiki with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Find it at wiki.freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to webex.com, enter the promo code 600, start your free trial of WebEx. That's webex, W-E-B-E-X.com. Promo code you need is 600, and that will start your free trial of WebEx today. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Keith in Minnesota you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Keith. Hello, this is Keith in Minnesota. I just left the Minneapolis, um, Minnesota, St. Paul State Capitol building where the Ripple Day Festival was going on. And Anti-Flag, which is kind of a punk rock band, just played. And right after Anti-Flag played, Rage Against the Machine showed up. And they're supposed to have a concert tomorrow night. But they wanted to do a free concert here for the benefit of the people. So they tried to do it. But then the police made them shut down the power. Uh-oh. Right after that, they started surrounding them. The crowd chanted a million nice things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't do anything, we promise. Let them play, free speech. All the media is here. There's at least three or four stations here. Hmm. It's pretty crazy what was going on. The riot police surrounded everybody. They all had the riot gear on. I took pictures of everything, though. But So wait, the luckily, one band, hold on a second, Keith. The one band was able to play successfully, and they right. stopped the rage? They weren't supposed to, excuse me, they weren't supposed to play. Sorry, I'm, I'm coming to ghetto. That's Those right. dogs were just trying to kill me. But, um, yeah, this one dog, I mean, excuse me, this one band wasn't supposed to play Rage Against the Machine. All the other bands were scheduled to play, uh-huh. but Rage just decided, because they love people, and they like freedom, and they're here protesting well, I don't against know about the Republican that. convention. <laughs> I don't know but if Rage likes freedom. From what I understand, their uh, lead singer's a communist. Uh, but all that said... Well, yeah, maybe. Well, anyway, so they ended up doing an acoustic show. Oh, and it's pretty cool. They had us all sit down. And people brought in megaphones. So they stuff. bowed down to the man, huh, and played their acoustic guitars. No, no. Well, they said that if they step on stage, they're going to arrest them. I see. So they didn't want to get arrested, you know, because that would have caused a riot. So there even though there was an 10,000 people in the audience. So this is very strange. So even though there was an event that was permitted, obviously, because they were letting some bands play, apparently because they didn't ask permission in advance to, uh, to have Rage Against the Machine play, the police decided that they were not allowed to perform while the other bands exactly. were. Exactly. And, yeah, they decided that. I don't know why, but they just said, you know, apparently it's not the people of Minnesota's capital. It's the police of Minnesota's capital building. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Did they did they play F the Police? Unfortunately, they didn't play that one That's song. That's no fun. But, um, 
They so should have. They play a bunch of amazing songs. And Anti-Flag did um, play F Police Brutality. Hey, they were the right. band that played right before Rage. So Good for them. Anything else to tell us about, also, Keith? Yeah, I just want to um, say um, I'm glad to be here in Minnesota right now doing all the events right now. We're handing out a bunch of free talk live, free state project flyers. Yeah, how's the reception going? Uh, we heard last night that it's been pretty warm, especially among the uh, the Ron Paul people, but you've also been targeting just the regular uh, protesters with those flyers, right? Yeah, the regular protesters, I'm mostly just putting on cars or just handing it to them without telling them about it unless they ask. Mm-hmm. But the free, um, the Ron Paul people loved it. They absolutely loved it. Some of the people were like, oh, yeah, I amp free talk live. Oh, uh, wow. oh I'm That's moving cool. to New Hampshire next year. And Fantastic. I don't think anyone said anything negative to me about either one. So, yep. very good reception. Awesome, Keith. Keep up the great work out there. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing that outreach cool. on, on on our behalf. We certainly appreciate all the effort. And no problem. Have, Thank you for doing your show. Have a good time out there and try not to get arrested. 800-259-9231. You don't have to amp the show if you go and do stuff like that. But that's That counts as an amp, for sure, uh, getting out there. And actually, of course, it's our amplifiers that are most likely to do things like it's that. That's true. Um, I had I, I something had sparked something in my memory with Rage Against the Machine playing at the political convention, and one of the reasons the police may have shut them down may have been that uh, they played at the Democratic convention back in 2000 um, in was Los Angeles. That also in this? Oh, L.A. Okay. And it was a Democratic convention in this case, and one of their concerts ended up um, it ended with sort of a confrontation between some of the concert goers and the police. So they might have uh, kind of had that in mind when they shut it down, too. I'm not saying it justifies it, but there was some trouble that resulted at a previous political convention where... But yet played. letting a band called Anti-Flag play is okay? <laughs> I, I Personally, I've listened to both, and I like both their music. I think they probably would have been better off just letting Rage play. But I think you're right about that. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. As we continue to hear from more people uh, there in Minnesota bringing us their experiences, which have largely been positive as far as the people on the ground uh, in reaching out and talking about the Free State Project and, and Free Talk Live and other liberty-oriented things, which is great, which is, I think, the best thing that could come out of this entire affair is that you've got all these activists down there that are recruiting for the Free State Project at this Ron Paul convention that was going on today. I think that's going to be the the, uh, the most useful thing to come out of all this, to show that these Free Staters are real. They're real people. They're there handing out these flyers, bringing people in, bringing them to this idea, the Free State Project, of moving 20,000 liberty-loving activists all here to New Hampshire to get active for freedom. I mean, if you are somebody who is willing to go and go to this Ron Paul convention, obviously you're excited about liberty, you're excited about the ideas, but you're not quite sure as to what to do about it. Right? I mean, Seems isn't that what the idea is behind this convention? Is to tell people what the next step is? Isn't I, that? I'm very interested in what the, what they're gonna what's going to come out. But uh, I've heard Ron Paul's going to advocate civil disobedience. I don't know if that's actually uh, happened yet or not. I was actually watching um, some of the live video from the rally for the Republic. Yeah, on C-SPAN, and there were some independent groups that were covering it too. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded pretty straightforward. Ron Paul might advocate civil disobedience. I think he's speaking was speaking just recently or is speaking now. Um, but largely it sounded like it was going to be lobbying efforts, much in mm, the vein yeah, of downsize D.C., which uh, I wasn't too impressed by that because they were saying they were going to make it easy for you to keep tabs on your elected officials. Well, downsize D.C. has already been doing that for a couple of years, and they're probably further along. Um, and also um, training seminars for people to get involved with their local state party. It sounded like they were going primarily the political and right lobbying group, uh, effort. That's, that that's what group. I would expect. 
And for those people that are out there looking for something original, something they might not have ever heard of, having a free stater hand that flyer to you may be the difference between knowing and not knowing and getting excited or not being excited. So, And there's no reason you can't do both. I mean, if you That's want true. to lobby your Congress people or you'll do it better here. get elected, yeah, I think you'll do a lot better here. There's... If you're going the political route, um, which I tend to consider myself more on the political side of things, uh, well, I, I favor both civil disobedience and the political process, but if you're going the political route, I mean, there's many pro-liberty candidates running for the state house this year in New Hampshire, um, and they have a pretty good chance of actually winning and making yeah. changes. A few dozen, from what else. I understand. Uh, yeah, the numbers I heard were 40-something or 50-something. I think it depends on who you count as pro-liberty and who's officially be, uh, calling themselves a Ron Paul Republican. Right, and, and, and the reason like those numbers uh, have taken this long to, to happen, because first, number one, the Free State Project hasn't actually occurred yet as far as it hasn't reached its 20,000 mark. The official move period hasn't begun, but a few hundred people have moved early. And in order to run for the representative seats, you do need to have lived here for two years. So a number of those people that were early, early movers are now qualified to run for those seats, and they're getting into that game. So that's why we're seeing more people this year uh, versus two years ago. And so two years from now, those numbers could be even bigger. We could have 75 or 80 people possibly running. Who knows? It's an amazing percentage when you consider there's only been probably, I'm not sure the exact number, but I would guess about 300 movers from out of state to in state, maybe yeah, that's four about, or five. I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, so, considering, you are you saying are you saying that the uh, that that two hundred of them were New Hampshire uh, residents already? Uh, two or three hundred, yeah. I think, were already New Hampshire residents. Incredible. Yeah, I think it's about two fifty or something. Yeah. I, well, New Hampshire had some pro liberty leanings already, which is one of the reasons it was in the running. So, a lot of people who signed on to the project were already here. So, when the state was chosen, they didn't have to move anywhere. They just became, you know, they had moved without moving. But uh, it's an amazing percentage of people who've moved are actually now running for office. And with the first 1,000 coming this year, hopefully by the end of this year, hope to have at least 1,000 activists in the state. I think we could expect in in two more years to see maybe over 100 or 200 people I'm of the opinion that we already have 1,000 activists in the state. It's just that the website... I think you're an optimist on that. I I I really do. I I just think the website hasn't been updated. And why? What makes you think that people have gone and, uh, you know, checked on their names? It it is underreported. I will say that. It's underreported. I don't know if it's underreported by 50%. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy all of those on us. Again, that uh, number or that uh, website is freetalklive.com. Speaking of the web, I'm a little flustered. We've been having some difficulties here with our internet connection, so apologies. Uh, our streamies are not listening to us at the moment, so I guess I can't even apologize to them. Anyway, uh, the phone number is 1-800-259-9231, and of course you can uh, visit the website and all the stuff there is free. Let's continue here with another bizarre story and yet another story that isn't too unfamiliar. Sort of how we talked about earlier tonight, another person was being arrested for having their grass growing too tall. Well, here's another story where the government has gone into the streets to pull people for jury duty. (laughs) 
this doesn't you don't think this stuff happens i mean this is <laughs> this is bewildering when you hear this for the first time but this isn't the first time we've heard about this the story is coming from eugene oregon no one really likes showing up for jury duty this according to kval.com on wednesday enough people were no shows at the lane county courthouse that judges couldn't seat enough jurors to fill all the juries that they had that day so lane county sheriff's deputies hit pearl street to fill the seats Judge Marianne Bearden ordered them to pick random people off the streets. The only requirements, they had to be U.S. citizens with no felony convictions. Oh, and I guess it didn't really matter what you had to do for that particular day. It didn't matter if you were going to a business appointment or had to go pick up your kid from school or drop your kid off at school or whatever the hell it was that you were doing. That didn't matter. See, now, all these uh, Americans that are against learning uh, other languages and don't like it when people speak other languages, all they have to do is start speaking Spanish and they let them no know. Hablo, no hablo ingles. Yeah. 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 Okay? Okay? Tango and felony. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, the Sergeant Doug Osborne said the potential jurors were nice about their surprise summons, but not entirely convinced it was real. He said, uh, "I said you're really not you're uh, really you're not on camera. They're looking around to see if they're on camera and if it was a joke. It might seem like a joke, but it's state law. It's seldom used, but Oregon Revised Statute 1.235 reads: If there is an immediate need for additional jurors, a judge of the circuit court for the county may direct the clerk of court or sheriff or other officer to summon a sufficient number of eligible persons to meet that need. They shall be summoned as directed by the judge. They found 12 people; five were seated on juries that day. Court officials say it's a rare event and that it's only happened twice in the last 25 years. Acting Court Administrator Liz Rambo says it was due to a smaller-than-normal jury pool, a higher percentage of no-shows, and three criminal trials starting Wednesday, a combination of events that likely won't happen again. People who don't show up for jury duty and who have not submitted the form explaining why they can't be there can face contempt of court charges, and Rambo says that that, the contempt of court charges, is rarely, if ever, enforced. So here you have an example that should really crystallize uh, this, the claims that I have made in the past on the show that jury duty is nothing more than a little mini draft. It's nothing more than a miniature version of what goes on with the military. So instead of a four-year deal or two years or however long you would get drafted for, they're just drafting you for you know that day or however long the trials last. Well, quite often it is a it's a trade-off for voting because I believe in many jurisdictions it's done from the voter rolls. Not necessarily, you know, just anybody. You actually have to be a registered voter. Is that how it is here, or is it driver's licenses? Because um, I've heard both ways. I believe, and this is just what I think, this is how I think it works in New Hampshire. Um, I think it's done from the voter rolls. That's how I believe it's done, but I could be wrong. I, I'm not 100% sure on that myself. So, <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to envision what this must be like for somebody. I mean, where the cop approaches you on the street and says, please come with me, sir. Are you, are you a U.S. citizen? And of course, you're going to think, you know, of course people are going to say yes. They don't want uh, anyone to think they're not a U.S. citizen. Are you a U.S. citizen? Yes. Do you have any felony convictions? Well, no, no. Uh, okay, come with me. I mean, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Doesn't it seem intimidating? I, I think that some people were probably, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they felt special that they were picked for, uh, you know, out of this randomly for this uh, the, this particular honor. But uh, I think some people were probably annoyed and... I don't yeah. think anybody should be forced to do anything. Right, especially if you had something to do, which pretty much everybody who's out and about is 
probably going somewhere or doing something. I mean, it's bad enough. Jury duty is bad enough. But at least with jury duty, they notice you two weeks in advance or whatever, and, and you actually have time to reschedule your affairs as necessary. In this particular case, you're literally being plucked off the street minutes before the trials are expected to begin. But yet, this is A-OK, and it's all completely legitimate. What would happen to someone that said no to the cops? What would happen to somebody? Well, they said that uh, the contempt of court was rightly uh, uh, enforced. Right. Now, it was contempt of court for those that were summoned as far as they were sent the paperwork in advance. And if you don't respond, if you don't call and give them an excuse, then they hit you with the contempt of court charge, or they could hit you with that. Could they do the same thing to the person on the street that just, just says, no, that's OK, I'm going to a business meeting, thank you, but no thanks? Well, well, it's a summons. I mean, the the law does say summons, so generally you're so, required yeah. to respond to a summons or face contempt of court. I think you're probably better off going with a police officer, getting to wherever you need to go, using the bathroom, slipping out the back way. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> they don't know your name by the, you know at that no, point. They just go. But then again, this happens so seldom. It's probably never going to be the case that anybody who would be of a liberty mindset would get picked. And it would never be the case that anybody who would ever try something like that would be put into this situation. So we probably will never get to find out what happens to somebody that says no, because most everybody, if you've got a cop standing in front of you with his hand on his gun, they're going to say, yeah, okay, whatever you say, officer, I'll do whatever you want. So I think it's pretty outrageous when these cases happen. We'll bring them to you just to point out that jury duty is really, it's, it's a duty. You are obligated by threat of violence to go and do what these bureaucrats demand of you to do. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Brent in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hello, Brent. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, I am wanting to talk about voting and uh, the best ways to use your vote. And um, it's my contention that voting for one or the other of the major party candidates is about the least effective use of of your vote i mean okay. you only get one you might as well you get to spend it however you like pretty much um and you may as well try and use it to your own benefit okay. um, you know what what are the chances that your single vote is going to sway the election for one or the other of the candidates I well mean, it depends on which and you're talking about a national election not very yeah. likely I, I'm, I'm talking about, say, between the presidential candidates. Right, because we've seen votes. all of, you know, 19 people vote, right. then sure, yes. it's worth it to vote for a candidate. But in a national election, it seems like, you know, if you have a one in a thousand chance of <laughs> swaying your district or your, uh, your your little area towards one or the other of the candidates, and that, that district swaying towards one or the other means there's an extra hundredth of a chance that, you know what I mean, like, it's such an infinitesimal chance that your vote is actually going to make the difference there that it seems like, say, instead, you wrote in freetalklive.com on the small chance that some bureaucrat would see that and they would <laughs> they would go to your website. That see, seems like a better spend, way to spend your vote. I see what you're chance. saying. You're saying that the chance the bureaucrat would visit the website you write down is actually sure. a higher chance than your vote actually counting in the election. I I much higher chance. I, I, I would wager it's not even close, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and or or any of a number of other Might things. Be right. You could write on there uh, yours truly. You could write on there. Uh, you know, call this number for a good time. You could do whatever you want. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't. I, I just I, I think that that um, the approach to voting that leads people to think, 
well, if you don't vote for one or the other of the major candidates, then you've pretty much wasted your vote. And I really think that actually, given the small chances that that's actually going to matter when you vote for one or the other of the major candidates, um, that that is a waste of your vote. And I think that your vote can be better spent on promoting something you believe in to whatever bureaucrats read it, or even just like writing in yours truly, and maybe the bureaucrat will... I like the idea of the website. I, I like I like the website idea because you know it's if you're voting sure. for Ron Paul or or somebody else like that, then yeah. you know that's not going to count either. And I understand yeah, the symbolism. They're not going to go check that out. They already know that. And Don't they have to record them somewhere? Already, so. Don't they have to record uh, they like, do. all the write-ins somewhere, sometime? Sure. Uh, doesn't that would be someone a great way see to them? I never have. Too. Just throwing that out there. If as many people as could wrote in different things or wrote in the same thing. I guess it wouldn't matter if they all wrote in the same thing because they still have to record every single one individually. But <laughs> just throwing that out there. I, I do have to ask, though, if, if you're just going to, say, promote a website, couldn't you do that more effectively by simply not going to vote and maybe writing some emails? I, I'm just Well, pe- people don't vote all the time. And, I mean, if you're going to – I mean, I'm going to be – at the polling booth anyway. Yeah, if you're going to vote uh, for know, a local candidate. Various other things. There's ballot issues. There's, you know, kinds of defensive, you know, defensive... Votes that matter a little bit more. I need to go in there and do, try yeah. to get some things from, uh, you know, new... Pa- yeah, you, you feel like those votes are being passed. Right, those, like you feel so like those votes anyway. matter. I might as well spend an extra three seconds and... It's a good point, Brent. I thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate company. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. As we get ready for hour number three, you can take control and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want as we launch here in hour number three of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We start things out this hour by, Mark, you've got a feature, I think, that is fairly lengthy. We're going to, uh, to truncate it to one-sixth of its length. Because it is six of the uh, six presidents that were really, really bad, apparently. I don't know if that's the title of the Yeah, that's the, it, it, it's essentially, yeah, really, really bad. That's what they say. So what um, I think we might do six is... Six great U.S. presidents, their crimes against humanity. Great, great. Well, uh, so people think they're great, but maybe not so much when you actually start to dig into what they did. Uh, we're going to do one of them tonight. And then as we get opportunities, we'll keep perhaps bring it back, maybe one a night if we can fit it in. Obviously, it all depends on the calls. The show's about your calls. You call. We talk to you about what you want. In the meantime, we bring up things that are interesting to us. So, Mark, uh, let's get that started. Who's the first president well, that we um, should know let me, about? Let me read the, uh, the, the intro Where here. Where is it from, also? Uh, it's from Cracked.com. Oh, really? <laughs> History books tend to be uh, kind to the American presidents, often overlooking some pretty crappy behavior. It's a uh, pretty tough job, so they probably deserve a break once in a while, but some historical oh, anecdotes... Oh, a tough job. How tough could it be? I, I don't know, telling people what to do. But some historical anecdotes seem like they... Uh, have, were omitted to avoid classrooms full of weeping, terrified children. In fact, <laughs> it turns out that even the greatest presidents have some scary skeletons in the closet. 
And number six. Uh, so this isn't a, a liberty-oriented article at all. It's just kind of a more of a mainstream thing. Right? Yeah, it is. And, but I, I do love these little history things yeah. of the presidents, and uh, I lo- love it when uh, people, you know, recognize some of the, uh, the sure. crappy stuff they've done. John Adams, founder of and the enemy of democracy. Why he's awesome is the uh, title of the first part. This charming founding father was the second president. Before that, he served as George Washington's vice president. That's back when uh, pre- vice presidents were elected into office by the people. They were the, separately. They got the second second amount of votes. Okay, the right. Office of president. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> he helped author the Declaration of Independence. That's so. He basically edited it at the end. After he got his own HBO miniseries starring the whiny dude from Sideways, the uh, series seemed to argue that Adams was totally the most underrated founding father, and that it might have been his face in the dollar bill of our nation didn't have the short ugly. It didn't hate short ugly people so much. How are we going to detect the satire from the truth when it comes to the the bad stuff they did? I'll let you know. Okay. Oh, we did mention that he started violating the Constitution before the ink even dried on his signature. When Adams found himself in the middle of an undeclared war with France in 1798, he did what any president would have done, built up the army, oversaw the construction of warships, and raised taxes. Then he went a step further and uh, ate the Constitution. Adams passed the Alien Sedition Acts, which said American citizens were no longer allowed to say anything negative about the government oh or its officials. The president when are they going to bring that back? What's that? I'm surprised they haven't brought that one back yet. Well, they'd, uh, I think they'd have a tough time with that. It was found unconstitutional. Sure. Not allowed to say anything negative about the government or its officials. But the wait, pres- as long as the men in robes, Mark, decide that it's constitutional, I mean, they could re-decide that it's constitutional if they wanted to, so they could bring it back. They're going to have a hell of a time with that. The president could also deport any individual who was from France or really any uh, individual who someone heard say something nice about France. Hmm. Uh, we can only imagine what John Adams thought of fellow founding father Benjamin Franklin, who spent much of uh, the time after the American Revolution, uh, I can't say what he's doing, uh, in France. Something dirty? Yeah. Okay. Effing around? Yeah. Gotcha. So that it? That's it. Oh, that, was, that wasn't that. You said it was going to take a whole segment to do one that, of those. I... I, I I told you no. I didn't tell you it was going to take a whole segment. Let's to do one another one. All right, number five. Any guesses? Oh, are these in an order? Like, yeah. the, like the worst. The number one's the worst. Yes. Of all the six. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham no, no Lincoln, idea. titled "Screw, screw Cabeus Corpus." And never he never calls back. Why he's awesome? Lincoln might be the most revered president in the United States history. Not only did the guy end slavery in no, the U.S. No, he didn't. Well, he I, I think he can be credited with ending slavery in the U.S. I think that that I is don't a, think you can credit that uh, to him. No, he signed a document that ended slavery in the states that he and didn't then control. killed all the pe- people that you know that, that stood in his way. <laughs> <laughs> but he also re, um, reunited the country after the the bloodiest war in history, as though he didn't cause it. Yeah, <laughs> and he did it yeah. all while uttering a uh, string of sage proverbs and sporting the uh, coolest hat and beard combo this side of ZZ Top. So what if during the course of the war he nearly arrested the Supreme Court justice for not agreeing with him? What about the all the journalists he did arrest? What about that? Well, Chief Justice uh, Roger Taney would have uh, had plenty of company in the thought, thought crimes world during Lincoln's administration. In response to some rioting in, in the Union, Lincoln suppressed the writ of habeas corpus, that little piece of legal trivia the president, that prevents the government from tossing anyone they want in jail without a trial. Hey, they, they suspended that again recently, too. Maybe uh, since Lincoln got away with it, they used the old excuse of, well, we've done this before, we can do it again. There's pretty much no habeas corpus if you're accused of being a terrorist. That, if, if you're an enemy combatant or whatever, yeah. If, that and all you need to be an enemy combatant is for Bush's appointees to determine that you that's are. That's correct. 
That meant that Lincoln had the authority to uh, round up 18,000 suspected Confederate sympathizers wow. and put them away. Remember, this is, uh, you know, the, the, the country had split. Of course, there's sympathizers everywhere, 18,000. Or he... Could That's have, huge. <clears throat> or he would have had the authority if it weren't for the darn Constitution. In the uh, court case ex parte Merriman, Stanley ruled that uh, Lincoln couldn't suspend habeas corpus. Lincoln's response? He signed a warrant for Tanny's arrest. <laughs> if, if some records from the time are to be believed, of course, he never would have gotten away with it if he hadn't suspended habeas corpus, which, if you <laughs> think about it, proves Tanny wrong, albeit in the most retarded possible way. The arrest warrant was never served, as the uh, story goes, that Lincoln changed his mind and aborted beforehand. If he hadn't, who knows? Could have been some other jerk on the $5 bill. Wow. Let's do another one. Okay. Going ahead. Teddy Roosevelt and the France double team Panama. I'm not exactly sure what they're referring to here, but I'm going to learn something. Why he's awesome. Teddy Roosevelt is pretty much the manliest creature to have ever existed. All the more so because he didn't start out that way. Born with only two of the eight testicles that he would possess by the end of his life, Roosevelt. They've taken some liberties with this. Yeah, spent his early childhood as a uh, asthmatic nerd. But through a uh, strict exercise regime and sheer force of uh, testosterone, Will, he managed to grow up into one of the uh, mean, rough-riding, trust-busting son-of-a-gun. Yeah, he was a real jerk from what I understand. Well... I, I do. I love the idea that he managed to, uh, you know, rise above his asthma through the force of his own mind. That's good. His presidency was uh, defined mostly by battles against corruption, racism, general bad assery, and uh, <laughs> teaming up with a of the French to rip off the entire country of Colombia. So the United States wanted to build the uh, canal in the province of Colombia called Panama. After some intense negotiations, a treaty was between the two countries was signed, but Colombia's Senate rejected it and asked for $10 million more than what had been previously agreed upon. That's where Philippe Jean Bruno Villara comes in. Yeah, Villara was the French lobbyist and the proud owner of what scientists have determined to be the most ridiculous French name in history. Var- Varilla came to the White House and convinced Roosevelt that the best way to get around the Colombian Senate's obstina- obstinacity was to start screwing with Colombia's domestic politics in a big way. See, at the time, Panama was considered seceding from Panama, and Roosevelt decided that in order to get what he wanted, he was going to have to become that country's anti-Lincoln and get some Panamanian civil warring. When Panama officially announced that its, its independence, Roosevelt sent the USS Nashville to block the Colombian Navy from interfering and thus... An independent country was born. Well, independent from Colombia, anyway. Varilla <laughs> <laughs> now wriggled, wriggled his oily little mustache into becoming the uh, newly uh, independent Panama's ambassador to the U.S. Interesting, he's just switched countries. Two weeks after Roosevelt and some uh, French guy stole Panama, after Panama declared independence from Colombia, that is, Varilla signed the Hey Banu Varilla Treaty and sold Panama Canal Zone to the United States with out the permission of a single actual resident of Panama. What a deal. Yeah, none of them ever trusted a man with a mustache again, as Varela had. So, there you go. I, you know, Politics I mean, is a dirty game. It's a little dirty, but don't you think the people of Panama deserve to have their own country to some extent? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, if that's what they wanted, sure. I, I, I agree also think to that, that point. The people they didn't really have their own country, though. They just became a essentially protectorate of the United yeah. States for the <laughs> yeah, next, right about that. the better part of a century. Yeah, they traded one gang for a bigger gang, and they probably didn't realize it at the Yeah, time. you're right about that. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. It's it's a little too worshipful of the of the presidents, but at least they're balancing it out with some of the negatives. Badassery. Well, 
of calling a president a badass? Well, that's it, well, that, Teddy that Roosevelt his, kind of was. That is what, what his reputation is. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Robert in Texas and your calls all on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll let you know whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And uh, don't forget to visit Nick and Toby from Free Minds TV over at their website, freemindstv.com. Not only do you do a great uh, weekly television show that's available on lots of, actually a whole bunch of, uh, a bunch of te- television stations, cable access channels up here in the, the Northeast, but it's of course available online via YouTube, and you guys do a radio program as well. And if you're a member of the Free Minds TV, do you, you just call them Free Minds TV members? Is there a term? Uh, we just say if you're a member. Okay. Uh, other members have sites. access to some special info about some upcoming news with Free Minds TV, which from what I understand, the contracts haven't been signed yet, so we can't say anything else at this point. That's right. Mm-hmm. But okay. um, if you if you want to find out what's going on uh, on the radio side, uh, go to Free Minds TV or freemindsradio.com and consider becoming a member. It's three bucks a month, so... It's much like the AMP program, and it really helps us produce the show. Yep, and you actually get some uh, some bonuses, too, like special access to uh, speculation, I guess, uh, about what might be coming soon for well, Free Minds Radio. Yeah, and there's all kinds of um, older episodes archived there um, on the member side, and bonus footage that never gets out on the free side, so... So there you go. All kinds of stuff there. Yet another great liberty-oriented media outlet deserving of your attention and support. FreemindsTV.com, 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Robert in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert. Yes, have you heard of the lead singer of the band Porno Para Ricardo? He is a uh, he's a uh, Cuban uh, punk rock uh, band member. Yes, I had this article in my prep. It was one of the many that we just never have time to get to. And this man has been arrested and is, I guess, he's in trouble for being socially dangerous, right? Well, not anymore. He's not in really? trouble anymore. He was uh, fined $30 for public disorder and for playing his uh, music too loud. But what he was going to be charged with was dangerousness to society, and that carried a four-year uh, jail term. How did he's they, already how, spent? Why did they lower spent it? Two years in. I'm I'm sorry. He's oh. already spent two years in jail for uh, supposedly selling two pills of amphetamines hmm. to an undercover police. But the real reason, I believe, is they targeted him. Because of his uh, his ideas, criticism of the government. Why did they Why did they bring it down from four years to the uh, the, the lesser charge? Was there an outcry or something? Yes, there was a huge out, outcry. Oh, excellent. And I believe that if there was not that outcry, that he would be in jail probably for four years. Because uh, if you go in on YouTube and you see some of his music, he I I I'll tell you, I'm not a fan of punk rock at all. But after I saw him play and listen to his lyrics and uh, what he has to say, this guy is truly an inspiration. A real hero for the I Cuban mean, people, huh? He's willing to stand up to the, this communist dictator Good for him. and this, this horrible communist government, need, whereas yeah. people here, 
You know, we're cowards. afraid. Yep, and, bunch and of cowards. If this guy can do it. Why can't the American people stand Absolutely. Up to I think that's a great point, Robert. I got to let you go though. Your phone's kind of uh, iffy tonight. I certainly appreciate hearing from you and I'm glad you brought that up because it was certainly a story worthy of discussion. And I think Robert really nailed that point home, which I I hadn't even thought of when I saw the story. I just thought it was an, you know, yet another outrageous story of them targeting a, a political dissident. This young man, uh probably in his mid to late 20s in a uh, a punk band essentially in Cuba being persecuted because of his viewpoint they were going to charge him with the, the the charge was actually social dangerousness that was the charge <laughs> well th- that's probably not as bad as he would have suffered if he was in cuba 30 or 40 years ago oh yeah he would have been dead i mean so yeah. things may be slowly changing in cuba raul is a little bit uh less of a tyrant i uh, believe maybe than his brother. i mean it's all by degrees but pr- i would say yes he's Less dangerous than Castro. Raul's like the Sarah Palin of uh, of Cuba. (laughs) (laughs) Now, credit where credit's due, Mark. I did hear uh, that uh, Ms. Palin is apparently or or was apparently at one time someone who supported the idea of Alaska seceding from the United States. I doubt that she would accept that particular designation today based on her current position in politics. But apparently her husband and both her and her husband were members of the Alaskan Independence Party up until the early portion of this uh, of this century. So that's, you know, that's a little bit of a, cha- you know, b- bonus in her corner, but certainly not going to vote for her. She's still a statist. If she, yeah, I mean, maybe if she was Ron Paul's VP or something. Right. If she yeah. was still out, out there advocating right. secession, I'd be saying differently. But what you did in the past, it, while it has, uh, it is a factor in who you are today, you can certainly be a different person today than you were 10 years ago. Um, and, and just a point of clarification, the uh, Alaskan Independence Party, while most of their members um, probably want Alaska to become an independent nation. All they're asking for is a is a vote, which, from what I understand, the Alaskan people never got. Which a vote they, on what? Um, well, secession on status. When they became a state in the union, the Alaskan people, according to the Alaskan Independence Party, um, should be entitled to vote on whether they want to become a state, remain a U.S. territory, become their own country, and I think there was one other. How many times did they ask the people when the states were formed? I mean, was that? Frequent? Was that I think that the people, um, in most cases, had to petition for it, really? um, yeah. for statehood. Right, and I, I, that may have happened. I don't, I don't, I don't imagine they asked the Hawaiians uh, when, when, no. when no, they're they came still down pretty either. pissed. The yeah. Hawaiians are still pretty upset. Hawaii was basically just taken over. I'm a little fuzzy on the details, but from what I, I understand, the uh, the um, the Alaskan people never really got the opportunity to to vote. That's at least what I recall from reading the platform of the Alaskan Independence Party. And it's not that uncommon. It was a big party at one point. I believe they got someone elected to the governorship. I think and, you're right. And they kind of got co-opted by the Republicans and it petered out, unfortunately. But um, they they're were bigger a big party. there. I think they're yeah they're bigger there than the Libertarian Party is in any of the, the oh, other yeah. fifty states and or forty nine states. Their philosophy, I would say, is very libertarian. Um, in addition, they're not that one issue of Alaskan independence. <laughs> the, the other issues, they're they're pretty libertarian on. And I can see why Alaskans might want to be separate from the rest of the United States. I mean, they're about two thousand yeah. miles away from the what West Coast. What does Alaska have to do with the United States, really? Uh, I don't think most oil, Americans. My friend, yeah, oil. the oil resources. They got more history with Russia than they do yeah. with anybody else. Yeah, the, I mean, the oil resources are probably one reason that the U.S. wouldn't be too happy to let them go. They're just not going to. No. Yeah, and the, the the federal government did also purchase the land that became Alaska. So I guess you know they can kind of make a claim that. The people of the other 48 states, I don't, it wasn't 48 at that time, but the people from the rest of the country bought Alaska, so I guess they could uh, make a claim that way. But 
I think it's a positive thing. I mean, I, I count that as a plus for her. Not it's a, a plus. Negative. It's worthy of mention is why I brought it up, but it's not really doing anything for me. And I love the idea of secession. So, I mean, she gets a point, but she's got, you know, a million points against her because she's a statist and uh, she's yep. now involved in the federal government. And, and running with McCain. Well, yeah, and as Johnson, uh, my one of our former co-hosts, is pointing out here, uh, he's saying that, well, maybe... You know, one of the reasons why some people want to secede is because they want more control. You know, they want more. Uh, maybe the United States isn't totalitarian enough for her, and she wants to enforce her views ever, uh, ever more on people. I, I get that vibe from a lot of secessionist movements, um, especially ones with a statist or leftist bent. But if you check out the Alaskan Independence Party, uh, they still have a website out there. Um, they're still active. They're really coming at it from a pro-liberty angle. From but what as I can we've tell. seen, the members of a party can be completely different than what the party it's, itself actually that's, says. That's certainly possible. Um, because the know. libertarians were principled at one time and now not so much. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And, by the way, those features do include the bulletin board system with over 375,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Just head over to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uh, That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. If you want to join the best liberty activists in the world, you should look into the Free State Project because, really, this is where they're all going to be. If they're not here yet, they're coming. If they haven't heard about this yet, when they hear about it, they're going to want to be here. Because if you're, a, if you're an activist and you love liberty and you're willing to do something about it, then being around other people that are like-minded is the way to go. And uh, we've been here now for over two years. Yesterday was our, our second year anniversary here in New Hampshire, and it just keeps getting better year yep. after year as more people move here. Thing, things are happening, uh, you know, for liberty here in New Hampshire. What's happening in your state? You know, I mean, if, it's not, if, it, if it is happening in your state, it's probably because you're doing it. That's how it was down in uh, Sarasota. When it, that's where I used to live, and I was there's, the one spearheading it. There was just no hope. I, I love Sarasota. It was a great town. Uh, there's sure, just pretty place. No hope for liberty there. There's <laughs> I wish no I hope could for say the government was. getting smaller. Right. There's nothing. No hope. Where you are, if you care about liberty, if you think that that's something you want to pass on to your kids, if you think that that's something that you should do for the world is to provide liberty, if you want that for yourself and for your family, this is the only hope. That's uh, that is what I truly believe. It, it, I, you know, I know the Ron Paul me. guys. I know the Ron Paul guys at the convention. Some of them might say, "Well, you know, I think we should." Yeah, I've been reading some of the threads on the Ron Paul forum about uh, the Free State Project, and some of the things they're saying is that, "Well, I think we should be free in all of our states." Well, I agree. that's nice. Yeah, that's swell. How's it working out? Right. I mean, you pick a year. <laughs> Let's tell me one year that you've managed to get any progress in any of your states. Well, you know what I think that is, Mark. I think that is coming from the people that are saying those things. They 
they are newbies. They have never been involved in the political process before. I mean, if you look at the Ron Paul crowd, a lot of them are in their early 20s. You know, a lot of them are fresh out of college or still in college, and this is their first exposure. The Ron Paul campaign is their first exposure to the realm of politics. And it took me years to figure out that politics was ineffective, or at least certainly down there. It's, It's more effective here in New Hampshire. But it took me a long time to figure that out. So these are people that are in the very beginning of their process and experiencing all of this. Well, you know, it didn't take me long at all. Um, once you told, you know, you told me about the Free State Project, it's, it, to me, it sounds like the only way that things are going to happen. All you have to do is take a look around you. Tell me, do you, tell me where you're getting liberty. Tell me where there's been progress. Mm-hmm. Show me something. Right. I mean, and there's, 4%. There's been a, a couple of Supreme Court rulings here and there. Maybe somebody has managed to get, you know, some law yeah. somewhere repealed or some pro-liberty uh, law put into place or something. But, it, you know, they're, they're, they're minuscule compared yeah. to what happened that year. Running the amount of government. And I'm not saying that it's happened here in New Hampshire. We haven't managed to, to do anything but slow the snowball here. But there's only, according to the website, 550 movers. Yeah, 550 go- people in state. There's going to be 20,000 at some point. If you go and you sign up, we can do it here. Because it's not going to happen in every state. It's just not. That crap's already been tried. Well, it can happen, but they have to have something to look toward. They have to have an example. They have to see something exciting going on in order to inspire them to do something in their states. And until they have that example, that real-life beacon on the hill, the, the, the beacon of liberty, which New Hampshire can and will be, then you're right. It's not going to happen I mean, anywhere w- else. What's one of the, one of the, uh, th- the uh, things we get uh, told about uh, sort of li- uh, liberty and laissez-faire economics and all that stuff? is, well, where has this been done before? Well, we can't get it done anywhere. Nobody can get it done anywhere because... You know, politicians love big government, and people think that uh, the best way to solve their problems is by forcing other people into uh, doing what they want them to do. Well, and to the Ron Paul people and others who are concerned, I've I've heard the argument a lot that, oh, well, we need to work for liberty in every state, and we, we need to be spread out across the country. No, you don't. There are probably, you know, there are a number of liberty activists in whatever state you're in, some probably more, some probably less. Mm -hmm. If you want liberty in your lifetime and you want more personal liberty now and and an opportunity to actually change the laws in the area that you live, then move to New Hampshire. There are other people who aren't going to do it. There are going to be Ron Paul supporters and Libertarian Party members who are going to stay in Florida or Texas or California or wherever you are. So, you know, they're still going to keep trying the same methods you want to try there. Right. Maybe it'll work out for them. That would be great. Maybe you can move back Go someday back, yeah. if, if it, the, the state becomes some, you know, becomes a free state there. But why not, in the meantime, move to New Hampshire and work for liberty uh, when you actually have more of a chance to actually accomplish the only reason change. why not is a lack of vision and laziness. Really, I don't think the people that are on those for- forums are even good, really that great of prospects. There may be some of them that are. I think the the Free State Project is brilliant in going to the Ron Paul Convention and actually reaching out there because that's where the doers are going to be. That's where the people that are more likely to say to be excited about an idea like picking up their life and moving uh, are going to be the people that are willing to put some money where their mouths are get out get out from behind the computer screen and actually go out and, and get together in, in a place that you know they not they don't even live to go across the country for this convention those are good pre-qualified prospects for the free state project and i think it's that's really a good move on their part another big uh, complaint that uh, people make uh, cold and uh, family 
Those are probably the uh, the other two biggest uh, you know reasons they say they're not going to sign up for the Free State Project. Uh, if you're using cold for an excuse, you're a wimp. Um, secondly, let me go on and uh, <laughs> well, now if you have like like a medical problem to where you can't handle the cold, that I would understand. But most people, that's not the you issue. and I are from Florida. We we are both natives. We both grew up there. We right. both lived all over our di- uh, adult One lives. One of my in old Florida. contractors. We have though. freaking heat yes, in but, New Hampshire. But, it, you know, it's not even it's not even worth your redirecting from some other excuse you have. So let me talk about your family real quick. Well, now, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'd like to point out there are legitimate cold excuses. I had a contractor working in my house down in Florida who used to live in New Jersey, and the reason he had to leave was because he injured his knee, and the cold, when it set in, would just be a, it would just create this unbearable, painful situation. You don't think he could snowbird? He could. But okay. that's, that's a lot more effort than just moving. I, then you're moving every for year. For some people, it is. Some people, it's not. Some but people, that's not what people say. Some people say, can work everywhere, no. um, anywhere they want. Some, you know, that's different from just not liking the cold. That's actually having a physical problem. Right. There's, so there's, you, you've now pointed out that there's 0.5% of the population yeah. that can't do it. Fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your family. Look, I understand your wife doesn't want to move. I'm not asking you to move today. I'm not even looking for that. Go and sign the statement of intent. It's an, a statement of intent. It's not, it's, it's not a contract. No one's going to come to your house and repossess your car. All we say is that if there's a free state, you intend to move within five years. If you don't make it within five years, no one's going to be counting. Just go and sign the statement of intent. Then you've got a little time to work on the loved ones, right? Yeah. Well, a little, you know, little time I mean, to bring them on board. That, that's, you know, most people... You over that period of time, you can sort of be focusing on it, looking at it, you know, steering things that direction. You got plenty of time. Just go sign. What we need now are signers. Not and movers. if your significant other loves the state, what are you with that person for? That's what I have to ask you. Well, I don't know. That may be too cold, but that's not. You know, heartless. I disagree. I'm heartless. You know, I mean, if it, the, the fact is, most people live where they live because they have roots down there. Yeah, that's all. Pull them up. Get here. Freestateproject.org. Uh, smoking. Smoking bans. You know, there's a lot of bad news about smoking bans. They just keep coming up. They keep popping up all across the country, all around the world. Uh, they're not just in restaurants anymore. In some states, they're in every single business. There's just no smoking in a lot of places, and there are fines that could be levied. Jail time is a possibility. All the, 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 uh, you know, the factors are different depending on where you are. But one of the things that you don't see too often is business owners willing to say F you to the government smoking ban, to thumb their nose at the enforcement bureaucrats. And whenever I come across one of those stories, it just warms my heart, and I feel like you know there is a, there is a slight chance you know, that we could actually have the, – the people in the other 49 states could have liberty back if more people would behave like these folks. This story from the Charleston Gazette, and we are actually on in Charleston this hour of the program. So you guys may have already known about this, Charleston, West Virginia, where bar owners have dared the Kanawha Charleston Health Department to cite them for violating the expanded smoking ban this week. But apparently the agency didn't take the bait. We'll find out more here in a few moments and take your calls about anything you want at 800-259-9231. These are business owners that we need here in New Hampshire. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. 
And if you want to help support the show, we need you to vote for us uh, at vote.freetalklive.com. It's the beginning of the new month, and that means that if you haven't voted in this month of September, we need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com. And if you have voted, thank you. We much appreciate that, and we'd like to ask you to maybe invite a few friends to vote for the show. Tell them about Free Talk Live. Gives it might give you the excuse to talk about Free Talk Live and get them to listen. That's a possibility, right? We are um, well in advance, so we uh, shouldn't promote it. Yeah, we're we're beyond whatever threshold there is, but okay. it's the second day, so second I think day. that there may may need to be some uh, uh, addendum to the rules here. Okay, fine. Which is uh, maybe if we're over what, fifty, was it fifty votes? I don't even know. Was uh, fifty votes? It's your rules, Mark. Within, I don't know. Five days at the beginning of the month. Okay, yeah, whatever, man. Okay, you you make the you make the call. Okay, you tell me whether We're I should clear plug right it or now. Not. All right. Well, anyway, we still need you to vote. If you haven't done it yet this month, it's a brand new month. So go to vote.freetalklive.com. If you do it now, we won't come back later in the month and, uh, to and ask beg. you to do it then. Yep, that's right. Then we'll tell you more about the AMP program and stuff like that. So go to <laughs> amp.freetalklive.com while you're at that and get signed up for three bucks a month to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations across the country. Had a nice conversation with another Clear Channel station today. I can't say where, but it's a big one in the uh, in the Northeast. So. A big one. Yeah, well, I mean, big, and as far as people know the call letters, Where in the Northeast? I can't say any more than that, or else it'll give it away. But I don't know. You'll know soon enough if all goes well this week. Anyway, uh, you amplifiers are making a big difference, so please go to amp.freetalklive.com. All right, business owners. Oh, we got to do that, too. Yeah, Dexy 20 is a natural appetite suppressant, enabling people to eat less and still feel full. Users report that they eat the same foods, just eat less of them without feeling hungry. And that's what's happening to me. I'm uh, taking Dexy 20 eating less. Feeling fine, and, uh, you know, I recommend it for anybody. It's, uh, you can get it at Walgreens, CVS, GNC, or you can go to diet.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We need more business owners like this all across the country. But whenever they pop up, I like to point them out. I like to congratulate them because this takes some courage. And most business owners, they just don't have it. They're just not willing to put it on the line. They're not willing to risk their income. They're not willing to risk their business. They they took a risk when they started their business, and I'm sure they take risks in the business world on a regular basis. But taking a risk up against the state, they believe usually that you can't fight City Hall and that you just have well, to somebody, obey. Everybody who wants a fight wants at least a fair fight, and you don't get it against the state. And business owners know that. But they're taking them on in Charleston, and uh, here's the story from the Gazette. Bar owners dared the Kanawha Health Department to cite them for violating the expanded smoking ban this week, but the agency didn't take the bait. The health department issued no warnings or fines against about a dozen bars that defiantly encouraged their customers to smoke in violation of the county's clean indoor air regulations, which took effect July 1st. The health board president, Brenda Isaac, said, We didn't want to feel like we were being called out to a duel. We'll be making unannounced inspections yep. on a schedule. They, yeah, they do it the way they want to do it. Our staff won't hesitate to issue citations. Kanawha County bar owners have repeatedly criticized the smoking ban, citing a decrease in alcohol and video lottery sales. Some bar owners have vowed to continue violating the ban until the health department takes them to magistrate court, where businesses face fines of $200 to $1,000 if found guilty. The health department employs seven sanitarians who are responsible for inspecting hundreds of Kanawha County restaurants and bars for health infractions, including smoking violations. The head bureaucrat said they have quite a lot of work to do besides enforcing clean indoor air regulations, like, you know, going and taking money from people for health permits and stuff like that. They're really working hard out there. 
Earlier this week, Kerry Paco Ellison, who owns the Black Hawk Saloon in Charleston, announced he would allow smoking at his bar. Other bar owners did the same to show support for Ellison. Now, this is something that you also don't see very often. Usually, the last time we did one of these stories, it was a lone dude in Illinois that was allowing people to smoke at his boat shop. He manufactured or did repair on boats. And he allowed people to come in and have this kind of smoke-in day, basically, at, at his boat shop. And it made a lot of news, and we interviewed him on the air and everything. It was a great story. Uh, really a courageous business owner. But usually what you'll see here is, or what you'll see with these ban situations, is if one business steps up to, to violate, the rest of them just kind of stand back and say, whoa, we're not getting involved in this fight. Hey, buddy, if you want to go and get a bunch of fines, that's fine. You're just going to get shut down, and then we'll take your business from you. Yeah. So it's very rare to see other business owners teaming up. These businesses are com- competitors normally. And now they're te- in Charleston, at least, they're teaming up to say, screw you. We're going to allow smoking in several bars at the same time. And, man, they really deserve some uh, some kudos for this. Yeah, I, I'm surprised to even hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> if you're out in Charleston listening to this tonight, make sure you go pay a visit to uh, Carrie Ellison over at the Black Hawk Saloon and, and thank him for being so courageous. On Charleston, it. South Carolina? Charleston, uh, West Virginia, which oh, we are West on Virginia. weeknights. Yes. South Carolina only Saturdays. Anyway, the protest didn't surprise Ms. Isaac from the bureaucracy. She, she says, this is exactly the sort of civil disobedience you see everywhere they pass a Clean Indoor Air Act. No, you don't. No, you don't. (laughs) A, you're an old hag, and B, no, you don't. Bar owners in Randolph and Upshur counties are now challenging fines for smoking ban violations, according to one of the coordinators for Smoke Free West Virginia. But this really must get their goat. People just not obeying. People challenging the entire system. Nikki said it's common for bars to ignore smoking regulations and claim financial losses after health boards enact bans. She said, those first four to six months are always a rough period for boards of health. If we didn't see opposition, we'd think something was wrong. Isaac said health department inspectors would continue to investigate complaints about bars and gambling parlors that open or secretly violate the smoking ban. The department won't hesitate to pull a bar's health permit if the business is repeatedly found guilty of violating the smoking ban in court. And I believe that's one of the biggest problems, is that business owners, they're so obedient generally that they believe they need to go through these steps in order to do business. Uh, and it's understandable why they believe it, because men with guns will come and try to shut you down if you don't get the health <laughs> yeah. permit and stuff. But I think that's part of the whole problem is that these business owners are essentially consenting to be ruled by the government when they ask permission to do business. So when you're begging for permission to do something that is a right, a human right to uh, control your own property, property is it, it's supposed to be a pretty important concept in this country. You know, it's, it should be a right that you should be able to control your property and dispose of it or do with it or sell it or trade it in whatever ways you deem appropriate. And so you shouldn't have to ask someone's permission in order to exercise a right, because as soon as you've asked permission, you're not exercising a right anymore. You're exercising a privilege. You are essentially saying, I need you to give me your seal of approval so I can feel right about doing business, and that therefore means that you have total control and veto power over virtually anything I choose to do with with my business. And I think that if we had... If these bar owners have gotten together in the first place and not actually gotten the health permits and not gotten the liquor permits and all of those things, that would make for a really interesting kind of form of civil disobedience. I, I still support what they're doing today, and I, I wish them the best of luck. I hope they have success with this. 
But uh, you know, it's a tough it's a tough battle out there. At least they're all together on this, and there's not just one bar out there doing it all alone. Uh, they say they might they'll they they will pull the uh, again the bar's health permit if they're found repeatedly of guilt uh, violating the smoking ban in court. On Wednesday morning, they passed uh, the Board of Health passed an expanded smoking ban that includes bars. The new regulations will take effect January 1st. Oh, so I, I guess they're not really. Harrison County will become the 20th county in the state with a smoking ban that includes bars. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't parlors. be supporting these bars that are uh, yeah. taking the stand now, because that way they they realize they've got support out there and uh, they're more likely to stick to their guns. Well, maybe maybe they're still. Ex- I'm confused. It seems that the health department is saying they face fines, so they must be they must be facing fines if it's in effect. Because how could they face fines if it if it wasn't in effect? Perhaps they got the date wrong. Maybe it was July first. Yes, excuse me. County's clean indoor air regulations. Earlier in the story, it says they took effect July first, and then it says new regulations take effect January first. So they are under some form of smoking ban at this moment. Anyway, Isaac, the bureaucrat, said, I'm pleased to see other counties are stepping up to the plate. Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, now I understand. It was a different county that passed similar restrictions. So there you go. They're trying to control everybody. It's not a pleasant thing to do, but we have a responsibility to protect the public's health. It's not a pleasant thing to do. They don't like their job, Mark. They don't like having to go and uh, do these things to business owners. They're only doing it because they have to. It's the will of the people. Well, you know, the people, except for the people that want to go to the bar and smoke, right? You know, I don't really care what uh, the the majority of people want me to do in my bar. All, the only thing I care about is what my customers, customers. want. Yeah. And if my customers want to smoke, then that's my decision to decide to let them or not. If I want to have a non-smoking bar, they exist, people. I've yeah. seen them, and the people that don't want smoke in their bar, they go there. But some people want smoking bars, you know, chocolate and vanilla. If everybody got to vote on what flavor of ice creams were offered, the only flavor of ice cream you'd ever get is vanilla. Talk about a boring life. Yeah. We are out of time. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Back tomorrow night, you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And we'll see you tomorrow night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.